Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Gulf Coast Poker Podcast. Joining me is my co-owner, Wild Bill Phillips. Uh, we've been away for a few weeks. As most of you know, Hurricane Ida put some destruction in the area. And actually, both of our houses uh, were affected um, with some damage. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Bill um, plug our event in January. Bill, go ahead. Yeah, we're excited. We got the Million Philly 2, where we're going to have a million dollar in guarantees at the Golden Moon Casino at Pearl River Resorts. That's going to be January 6th through the 16th. I think the opener should be around 350k guarantee i think last time we got close to about half a million in that and the main event uh same thing i think it would be about 350 and the i think we are close to half a million on that as well now we're going to have the final schedule soon and i'm going to get it up as soon as i can we also are already booking people we got more people books in this early special deal dm me on facebook if you want me to hook you up it's uh, it's so it's, we're expecting a really big turnout, and um, we're pretty excited about it to be honest. But that again is January sixth through the sixteenth. Good deal. So today we're joined by a player everyone knows in the Gulf Coast poker scene. Uh, he's known for playing mixed games, pretty sporty. Uh, Tim Burt's on with us today, also known as the Mississippi Machine in some of the early online sites. Tim, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Just living the life and uh, trying to dodge hurricanes down here on the coast. That's Looks it. like to be another rough hurricane season. I'm mm-hmm. sorry y'all got affected by the storms. Yeah, it hit uh, us hard. Uh, I made out okay for the area that I live in, but a lot of people were devastated. Uh, a lot of people but we're going to start off with uh, giving you the, the the same question we give all our guests, Tim, is how did you wind up, uh, you know, playing poker and in this poker subculture that we find ourselves in? Um, take us back to how you started. Okay. Well, um, my dad, my dad and his brothers for the holidays, we would just play the usual like seven card stud, no peak, all kinds of little fun games for quarters quarter ante poker around the holidays and they were playing i was five or six years old and i you know of course i look up to all my my dad and his brothers and brother-in-law so i'm trying to you know we could play and they're like well you gotta wait till you're a little bit older but i started playing with them probably when i was around eight or nine years old and i had such a competitive spirit my dad would like play with me at home also he's like i used to let you win before you go to bed because i couldn't i just can't stand losing anything i do so I started playing like that, and then I start, when I got to be a teenager, about 15 or 16, started going to a pool room in Grenada, Mississippi called Sports Center, and they were playing pool for like $2 a game, and I mean, it was, you know, I, I just like gambling. I don't know. I just love the thrill of it right away. It was just kind of in my blood, so I, I started playing pool, and I noticed that was hard. To, I'm like, these people are really good at pool. They're playing for $2 a game. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I mean, I like pool, but it's like, you know, it's just a hard game. You got to put in so much work and then you beat people they want to spot. It was like, I'm never going to make any serious money doing this. But I got those pool players to start running, uh, playing poker with me. I started running the game myself at about 17 in the pool room. I'd be like the box man, so to speak. We'd pay like a couple of dollars an hour to play. 
We started off with limit hold and limit poker is really big back then. So I was playing one, two and like $1, $2 blind Texas Hold'em. And I was literally making 500 to 1,000 a week with like no limit poker. There's really no risk. Like, you know, it's not like you could go all in and get bad beat. It was just a mechanical game. I mean, my fundamentals back then were probably really good just out of instincts compared to everyone else. I don't think I ever had a losing week for like hardly in a year. So I just ran that game. I just kept doing that. And I did that for a few years, made a lot more money. And I really wasn't working. I was running a little pet store for the head baseball coach for Kirk Academy on the side. I'd work a few hours a day there. Sometimes I'd beat them so bad. I'd have to come to my pet store and baseball because pet and baseball cards, they'd come over there and play with me. I'd still be, that I'm stuck so bad and strung out, they would come over there. And sometimes we even got up to playing like 10, 20 and stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, so that's basically how I did it. And then I couldn't wait to be 21. I slipped in the casino underage tunica one time, played like 20, I think it was 10, 20 limit hold and won like 2000. I looked like I was about 12. I had like somebody else's ID. So I was shaking. I was like shaking, you know, thinking like, oh, they're about to, you know, take me to jail. So I never went back again until I was old enough. But then um, pretty much joined the Army, played online poker, destroyed online poker in the Army. I went to Army, you know, I joined the Army at 21 because I only had two years of college. I wanted to get my college degree. I wanted to come back with the money I got from the Montgomery GI Bill, of course. You know how poker is, gambling stuck in the lifestyle. <laughs> That's I'm like, I'm making a hundred K a year online. Why would I, or easily some weeks I made 10 K. I don't know the exact income I had back then, but it was a lot. I mean, I literally limit poker was just free money back then. Yeah. Then I started getting into no limit and Omaha and everything. So, uh, basically took off from there. I made so much money playing poker. I got out of the army. They said in Iraq that running joke was cause I got a laptop. I was playing on like satellite internet. I went to Iraq twice in the army. They're like, oh, uh, Specialist Burt made more money than the Colonel did in Iraq. That was like the running <laughs> joke because all the party poker mainly. Yeah, so that, so there was party poker and there was um, was it poker was it all the same? They had Paradise Poker was the first Paradise. tournament I ever won when I turned 21. A $33 buy-in, I won 10 grand, and I thought I was top of the world at 21. That was my online <laughs> poker start. Big money. And, uh, yeah, Paradise Poker was cool. What's that, Gene? I said that was big money back then too, huh? Oh yeah, you win ten grand when you're 21. I mean, ten grand back then is probably like 40 today. But even when you're 21, you've never seen money like that. You feel like you're a millionaire, right? <laughs> you know, that's the way. And you take everything for granted. I'm winning money so fast. I'd blow it on sports, mainly other things. I really didn't have any other vices. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh. Well, when you well, Tim, uh, thank you for your so, service. I just want to say that real quick. Uh, we all appreciate it. And uh, when you were oh, in Iraq, um, you know, I, I always think that's important to say because, you know, you're a lot better man than me. You're actually in the thick of it. When you were there, were you uh, were you in action and then you were playing poker at nights and it was a stress release or how close were you to, to, to the bad stuff, I guess? Gotcha. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was actually front line because when I went to, when I get signed up for the army, my dad's like, "You can be anything, just don't be infantry." So of course I'm like thinking dollar signs. I'm like, I want the biggest sign-on bonus. They said, "Well, you scored on the top one percent of the ASVAB test. What you can have any job you want." I said, "I want the twenty grand." So they gave me a, an M1A1 Abrams Armor Crewman. So I was a 
loader on tank M1A1 Abrams tank. Of course, as soon as I, I uh, you know, they, I, my dad was like, well, you know, I meant no combat arms. I, we had to be more specific because I just saw dollar signs and you said no infantry. So I signed up for the Army Fort Riley, Kansas. Uh, I was stationed there. Went to basically at Fort Knox. It was like an insane, like I've never seen so many grown men get hurt and cry and quit. It was crazy. Like out of 160 people, only like 50 people made it through basic. And then uh, I went to brigade headquarters out of straight out of basic because I had like, because I maxed the PT test and stuff and they interviewed. It's kind of like a sham job. You call it like an easy job. But then after that, after a year and a half there, I went to my tank unit straight to Iraq and I had no, no clue what I was doing. So went to Iraq and I, so I tried to play the first time over there. I didn't get to play very much because we were living on tank and you were just like, you didn't have anywhere to, you know, there was no internet or we had to like no cell phones. Came back home six months, went back. No, came back home after six months, went back over there for a year after eight for, uh, I'm sorry, went back after eight months, went back for a year. So after a year in a and the second time, the living conditions were great, but it was like very dangerous because the first time the Iraqi army had basically just quit. But now you're looking at like a situation where terrorists had moved in and we're fighting these big battles. So I would go out in sector and fight on my tank, and then I would come in, and they were, you know, they were really worried about me, the command, because I, I bought my my uh, I bought a laptop from the PX. We had PX inside the FOB there, we call it the base forward operating base. So the the government computers they had their own internet cafes, but they blocked gambling sites. So I got around that by buying my own <laughs> laptop. The internet cafe had a couple little plugins, you know, where you could run your own internet. Yeah. So that's what I did. Basically, all my hours that I wasn't out in sector, I would just sacrifice sleep for poker, and I was playing party poker. It was the only one that would really let me play because I was running a satellite internet. It was running through, like, Greece. I sent them, like, a picture of my Army ID, and they let me play. So. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. You, you said they were worried about you? What were they worried about? Well, they were worried about, like, I wasn't getting any sleep. You know, I'm going out and, you know, like, I'm a loader. You know, I'm, like, I'm getting off the tank. I'm loading the gun. I'm doing a lot of things, you know. Um, you know, if, if I mean, if I'm not coherent, you know, I can put my life and others' life in danger as well. They were worried I wasn't getting any sleep, basically. Yeah. So they, they didn't let me play for a little bit, and then they kind of laxed off of it. I guess I just worked hard, do a good job, and they were like, okay, well, you can play a little bit. So, well, good I deal. Think I made so, around fifty thousand over there. Oh, really? Fifty grand? Yeah, yeah, about fifty grand. Just playing like mostly limit. I won a turn, few tournaments for a few thousand too. I was always worried about tournaments because they could call you out in the middle of a tournament. You know, you're on. I'm still on duty. You know, they could just anything right. could happen. You know, a car bomb could hit in Sodder City, and they could be like three in the morning. You got to go out or whatever time. You know? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Well, um, getting back to Tunica, um, we uh, understand that you got you met Apostle out there, and he was living there too. I did. You, you and him got to be buds, or uh, tell us about that. Yeah, we did. We'll see that. I'll tell you a little. So, you know, after the army in two two thousand one, I got two thousand one two thousand five. I served two thousand five. I got out, started going to Tunica. Because I, I moved back home with my dad in Grenada. It was like an hour and a 20-minute drive, hour and 15. So I started going to Tunica on the weekends. I met a lot of people there. I met so many people there because Tunica was like the southern hub for poker. Like there was no Florida. There was no 
even Biloxi had been hit by the or Biloxi was hitting the storm in 2006, I believe, right? Or, yeah. So early 2006, a lot of people rushed out from the Gulf Coast when Katrina hit. I had never even been to Biloxi, and you know, so all the people, so the big poker rush came up there to Tunica. Tunica was so good back then; they had the big tournament in January. People were playing. So I met Postal up there a long time ago, and uh, I met Postal in about 2006. And you know, we became good friends and everything. He was playing; a, he was a big online poker player on Ultimate Bet, and he actually got me and him both. Me and him both got cheated on Ultimate Bet in the Russ Hamilton thing, and I ended up losing about 50 grand. And they said I got cheated out of like 6,500. And Postal, like, like he went on, he lost a lot to these so-called cheaters. They could see his cards. He never got anything back. And it's crazy how ironic it is. Years later, now he's being accused of cheating. And after all that thing went down with him, so, you know, I, I still talk to him occasionally. I mean, I don't, you know, I hope he's innocent. I can't say if he's innocent or guilty. I do believe that, you know, anybody, if they framed anybody like that and had a hand history of all their hands, they can make them look guilty if they showed certain hands. Good but, plays, or maybe their buddy tells them to fold. You know, your buddy might say, you might have ace-king, and somebody might, you know, a friend of yours, you play at a local casino, they might say, I got a set, buddy, I don't want your money fold. I picked up on camera. I had, eight, I had a king on. It looks like I, I had to see his cards. I'm not saying he's innocent or guilty, but he's my friend. I figured if he would tell anybody that he cheated, it would be me because I've known him so long. He never, he never told me he cheated. So. Well, and that's, you know, and that's one of the things that has been kind of bothering me because it, it, if he did cheat, it, it's already exposed, and he could probably make a lot of money by writing a book or, or coming out, you know, and. and admitting how he did it, if he did it, you know, none of us know, but, um, I, I think there's some, some revenue streams there, uh, on the backside, if he did cheat and if he would admit it, uh, this is what I was thinking. Um, Bill, yeah. what's your thoughts? You, you saw some yeah, of the videos, sure. huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not sure though, like if he came out and said that he, Yes, I cheated and I did it. I think there would definitely be interest and, you know, behind the scenes that, but there's also going to be pushback. You know, like if, uh, didn't OJ write a book or something? Like if I did it or something like that? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, OJ I'm not sure, but if he did. Like that, yeah. yeah. So, like, do people buy that or they're like, well, I'm not going to support this guy, you know? So I think it could work either way, you know? I don't know. It's an interesting uh, thought process. Do, uh, do, do, do you really think he, he's that good, Tim? Uh, or is it I'm just sorry, a, what was the last thing you said? Do, do, you re, do, do you really think he's that good? Did did you watch some of the, the videos? Did, well, the thing is, he, was he playing that well I last watched time we played with him? Yeah. Yeah, I watched videos like the hand where he folded. Like the most incriminating hand I saw is where he like just folded like on a king eight deuce rainbow folded ace king to one bet i mean that's just very incriminating but like i said the guy might have been his friend might have told him to fold you know like he said that happened a lot like where he was real buddy buddy with people and they would just like not want to take his money and they would you know return courtesy to each other like that but uh, i didn't i watched so i watched some of it I, i've watched 
probably a couple hours of it. I mean, you know, people were making money off of it. They didn't care who's innocent or not. People were just using it to monetize their own channels and make money off of it. You know, they knew if, if you, they know bad news sells better than good news. So if you slaughter anybody, you know, like you're going to get followers. It was like a huge deal. They made how much, how much money do they make? Ingram and all them make off the show and hours and hours of footage of this. But Apostle uh, was a great poker player. He's always been a winning player. I mean, I, he crushed people online and live. I mean, he doesn't have a lot need of to good, cheat to win. Did he have a lot of live, like good live reads that uh, you can remember from back in the day, like where he was making those kind of hero calls or those hero folds? Or he did um, actually. I've seen him call people with ace type or for sure. Sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, he sure he made some great calls. That's kind of how we became friends because we were both crushing the Tunica games at the same time. You know, I wouldn't have made friends with a donkey at that time. You know, I thought I was invincible getting out of the army, winning all this money at poker. You know, I thought I was, you know, we all get humbled later. But, you know, back then I thought I was the greatest poker player in the world, never lost them online. I'd just go to Tunica, crush people, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, they played so bad. It was like, it was unbelievable. So being Postal were two of the biggest winners in Tunica. So, of course, you know, I'm going to like, I mean, he was, he's real, he's real like entertaining and funny at table. So, of course, we hit it off right away. And, uh, well, that's so good. That's, we made friends. And, uh, you know, it was, he, he might be innocent. Nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Innocent until proven guilty. I mean, he's already been slaughtered by, I mean, he's, he's already paid the price almost, maybe yeah. not financially, but character wise, if he is it. He is guilty, but uh, it was sad for me to see, you know, because I was friends with him for so long to see that happen. And he was one of the first people he came to. He said, I need you to speak out for me before anybody even made videos or anything. He said, this girl, Veronica, smeared me on Twitter. So I reach out, and then, of course, months later, all these trolls are like, that didn't age so well. I'm like, well, I'm just telling you what I knew about Apostle. You know, I wasn't at the table. You know, I just can't ever see him cheating or needing to cheat to win. Right. You know, I mean, he his win rate was unbelievable. It's really insane. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, I even make jokes about it. Like, well, right after the fact, people would like has changed their screen name on poker sites. Like, <laughs> I even changed my name to like Apostle. <laughs> like, you know, like the Jesus was, Apostles. Yeah, so I mean, people were just name, like, yeah. Then, uh, then you get in trouble. With, well, not in trouble. Then the you have a incident with WSOP.com because they didn't like your um, screen name at one point. Is that right? Yeah, um, WSOP.com. My name, my name. I came. I made a screen name Trump 2024. That was like before he even won 2020. And they were like, "Why is your name Trump 2024?" I said, "Well, I know he's going to win in 2020. I'm just preparing for the next one." But uh, yeah, they some years later they contacted me and tried to say they removed they were um, they were removing all politics out of like screen names. At first, I was like super offended, thinking you know, you know, Trump supporters get you know get demonized so much. I thought it was just because it was Trump. Looking back on it, it's probably because of other movements. There was a lot of other movements going on at the time, you know. Antifa, BLM, people were putting like, you know, a lot of like political stuff in their names. So that basically, but I mean, to me, if you want to 
If you can't support the president of the United States, do we live in a democracy? I just don't get it. Right. It, it's just baffling to me. Yeah. You're right. So I want to ask you about that. In poker, there's a you know a lot of very successful uh, players. A lot of them lean left. Very few lean right or or conservative. Like you're pretty outspoken, and you know I, I admire that about you. You say how you feel and and what you think politically. But is there ever pushback, or is it a tough spot to be in where it's a community that's I think it's fair to say mostly leans left outside of the South? Yeah, for sure. I I get a little pushback, but uh, not not that much because most of my followers are conservative. I mean, I have about maybe I have three or four thousand friends. I'm not sure on Facebook. I have about maybe five that are like super hardcore that like want to comment and post on everything. You know, I I've lost a few friends on there. You know, they deleted me and this and that, but. Most of the ones I have now, I mean, I think they're just, like, insanely wrong, but, like, we keep it, like, civil, you know? Like, I respect anybody's beliefs. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. You don't have to accept it or why I think I'm right, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been – I mean, I'm basically – I don't agree with everything the Republicans doing either, but what the direction of Democrats are going is, like, total communism. Like, there's laws now to where Nancy Pelosi's put up a bill – to where they're going to tax you for unrealized gains. I don't know if a lot of people might understand what that means that are listening. That means like you got a stock, you got an Apple stock, you're up twenty thousand on it at the end of the year. You're going to pay, and you still hold the stock. Unrealized means you still hold the thing, hold the whatever it is. It could be a crypto, a stock, land, whatever. So you still hold it. And what if it goes down thirty thousand in January? How the hell are they going? To, I mean, it's not even like feasible. Like even Democrats are shooting this down. Biden's wanting to pass a law. They want to report every $600 transaction. The best rebuttal of that I ever heard was, okay, you can, I will report all our $600 transactions to you, but teach us how you, how you got $20 million in the bank when you make 80000 120000 a year. Show us your records. So I'm like, you know, that's fair. I'll show you all my $600 transactions. I'll pay all my taxes, government. In my life, in my health care, I don't want them telling me what I can believe I can do. I'll pay my taxes. I want to live my life. I want to cling to my God, guns, glory, and that's what the way I want to live. Yeah. So, Tim, let me yeah. ask you about that. Um, um, so that transaction, I, from what I understand, I think, I've read it again. It's almost like if you have a bank account with 600, it's not even the transactions. Like if your bank account at some point totals 600 or more, then they can probe all your transactions. And the movement oh, wow. now is, is the movement now is to move that up to 10 K. But that just boggles my mind because 10 K is the same thing. Who are you, who is, I mean, you're cutting out barely anybody. If the, if the plan is to tax the rich uh, tax cheats, right? Like catch them cheating by all this outflow of money. You don't need to go to a ten grand bank account. You know, maybe a hundred grand. I'm not sure. Like, a, a, it, to me, that's ridiculous. Huh? But I feel like they're doing something very clever. They started at six hundred. They know everybody's going to say no to that. Ten thousand looks a lot better than six hundred, right? But if you really look at it, yeah. it's hardly any difference at all. 
yeah, and how much work are they going to be doing? I mean, like, it's just unbelievable to me. Like, they're they're destroying the dollar. It's not going to matter. I mean, I wish I would have put all my money in crypto when Biden won because they literally are doing everything they're doing is just like, you know, stay home. We're going to send you welfare. Keep voting for us. You'll never have to work again. They're telling us all this stuff about COVID. At the same time, their policies, most people that are dying from COVID are obese and old, underlying conditions. All their policies are making people stay at home, gain weight, be depressed, and live off government. So they, they tell you they want you to jab this vaccine down your throat and not let you have a personal choice. At the same time, they never come out about, you know, live healthy, lose weight. You know, you know how many people actually – COVID's taken a lot of my good friends – most of the people I know in general, I mean, I only know a few people that died from COVID. COVID is very dangerous, but they don't try to fix the underlying problem. They don't tell you to get yourself healthy. They're mm-hmm. testing stuff right now in the United States that can, that can, that was 15 times more deadly that could escape a lab than COVID. Dr. Fossey is endorsing research right now in the United States. Just think about how easy it is for something like that to get out of a lab. Yeah. It might kill off half the population. Yeah, you're right. That's crazy. One of the things that um, so I, I like to watch you and Gabe kind of go back and forth. Uh, if people didn't know better, they would think that, you know, you guys are uh, don't like each other. But, you know, everybody, most people know that you guys are good friends and y'all just uh, like to, to, to jab each other. But I think Gabe's probably one of those five, right, that that comments on your stuff. Yeah, he does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wants to, you know, he wants, I don't, I don't even know what he wants, honestly, but a lot of the time, but I mean, he, he believes that like the universe is already playing. I believe that each individual can change the outcome of the future. If society tries to teach you to be a victim and victim, you know, Oh, you're this, you're that, you can't make it. You're, you know, you're oppressed. You know, you can't make it. It's society's fault. You're owed something. You know, that mindset just makes me sick. I'm like, you know, I've I've walked around in shit water in Iraq. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I, I volunteered to do that. I'm not saying, that, like, you know, if I can do that, you're telling me you can't go out here. There's so many ways to make money, so many ways to be successful. You know, it's all about mindset. You know, Gabe thinks that, you know, unfortunately that, like, you know, the stars are already told him what day he's going to be lucky on, you know. If that yeah. was true, I am I almost make money. I make money probably 80% of the days I play poker. If that was true, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would just – and I'm like, Gabe, if you were that smart, you would just gamble on the days you knew you were going to win, right? Right. But <laughs> Gabe has a good heart. He's a good guy. He just – you know, our views just don't, don't align. Yeah. You know, he's, so that's um, Gabe. He thinks. Just just to fill in the last name, it's Gabe Costner, and, and Gabe was uh, playing a lot of poker. I think maybe kind of when I was coming into it, I think he was on a WPT final table and was televised. Yeah, he's the had WSOP. A lot of success. Yeah. yeah, he's went Back deep in, the day in, in poker. Uh, yeah, he's went deep in the main event several main event. times. Uh, Claudio, they they dated years ago. They he was dating her when she had on uh, her run and her exposure yeah gabe's a good guy i mean he really is a good guy he's got yeah. one of the best hearts he's one of the most honorable people i've ever met if he owes you if he owes you money he'll never be broke he'll definitely you know he'll 
he'll make it right. And, uh, you know, he's been one of my good friends. And, yeah, we just argue a lot on Facebook, but it's nothing personal. Yeah. You know, he, he tries to convince everybody, you know. He, he like, really, he's really big in astrology. I just can't do it. I'm more into, like, God. Like, I believe in God. I believe I, I believe God is real, and he believes that God is, like, some kind of astro, uh, astronomical figure. I don't like that it's, like, all symbolism and all this stuff. Now, he does believe in a higher power, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, Gabe, uh, yeah I believe every dude. person. Can... He is, for sure. I mean, I'm not putting him down here by any means but me and him are uh you know we've never like a real argument like you know angry at each other mm-hmm. um yeah he lived down here i met him playing poker and down here i believe in Biloxi. Yeah. him and oh. claudia you really couldn't miss them back in the day yeah <laughs> and, and, and they, they did well um but, you know playing started playing them big plo games and and those games are savage stuff. Yeah, they did. Um, Gabe had some good runs at PLO. You know, Gabe was uh, he had a lot of money. He just he like one one bad stock investment. Basically, he was he was kind of like one of those all eggs and one basket type guy. He got really screwed when like a CEO committed suicide and he lost like it was crazy. It was like he could probably write, he could probably make a movie about him and Claudia. Right. <laughs> right. Did and went through and. They got back together at one point. I don't know. And then they got separated. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think um, he's still in love with her, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, that kind of segues to, um, you know, you, I think you married Mercier's sister. Did you and him? I um, did. Yeah, I married uh, Natasha's sister. Yeah. Did you we dated for five years, got married. Did you and Jason ever ever talk poker or strategy? Not really. We hung out a few times. We never really talked much poker strategy. I really didn't spend a lot of time with him. I went over his house a few times. Um, I met uh, her through her sister, Natasha, used to come to Biloxi. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we were married. We were together for five years. It just didn't work out. And uh, it really wasn't anything. I think it was just. It was just we weren't ready to be married at that time. But, uh, you know, it wasn't anything like anybody cheated on anybody or anything like that. But uh, I've been dating a girl now for a year in Biloxi here. She's got a uh, two kids, a 10-year-old and a 12, 12-year-old. Um, I broke my rule. I say I never would date a girl with kids. But this is a really good woman, and um, I've her kids, you know, uh, the reason why I don't like dating women with kids in general, my old rule would be because I didn't want to, like, you know, have another man involved. And, you know, it's just like you always have to see that person, you know. Yeah. But it hadn't been bad at all. And I started coaching Little League Baseball, and we're actually having our last game this year. I'm head coach, and she's assistant coach. Uh, it's one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life, uh, just giving back and watching these kids grow. That's, like, literally what I live for now. Yeah, man. To me, I get more joy out of coaching baseball than spending any amount of money. Yeah, you you guys look really happy on Facebook. Uh, I think you know Bill and I got uh, ten, eleven year olds too, uh, and that's man changed life. Being exposed to kids that age, it's uh, for sure. Yeah, a lot of fun. Our kids are really good kids. No, that helps. You know, they're not like. 
you know, we go to church. They're real like they're, you know, they're living a good life and learning how to do things the right way. I'd come in and kind of be like the father figure because they never really had one. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I saw firsthand, like, you know, a lot of the problems in America are because from broken homes. No matter how good a woman is, God intended us, a man and a woman, to raise a child. You just can't. When a woman's working, she just, I mean, Crystal's one of the best, is the best mother I've ever been around, you know, like, but, I mean, you just can't give kids all they need, one, whether it be a man or a woman, you know, they need, you know, they need both sides. So I feel like we've, I mean, I've been like hard on him at first and, you know, the kid, like his progress at baseball is like, he's worked his butt off and I taught him the fundamentals and he's worked his butt off and he's hit a home run the other night and it was just like, it was one of the most special moments of our life, you know. Seeing hard work pay off. That's, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I've, I've similar experiences. Uh, it's just great to see the, especially when they're working hard, it pay off. You know, um, even stuff exactly. maybe that yeah. doesn't come easy to them. That, that's that's makes you feel even better. So can't relate for sure. So. Um... So you want to chat a little bit about the final table in Florida and Seminole? Uh, she, what Jason Coon? Yeah, I'll win in that. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll talk about that. So I'll talk main event runs, and I, I've gotten the, I played the main event I think seven times, but I've gotten the money four out of the last six with two day fives. So two thousand. Do you only make the money in with the WSOP? Tim, do you only make I'm the sorry? money in the WSOP main event? If you start at a table with me, or if you play with me during that main event, is is that the key? Yeah. How many times did I draw played... you? Like three times. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It was insane. I mean, we get the out of all those people, we always we don't play the last day. I feel like that's, but it's still the odds are like in the millions that we would be at play together three times on day one or something insane. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, My best, ahead, uh, 2019, 2019, I got 260-something. I think I got 140-something or 167 in 2016. I had 10 caches, another final table in the high-low and the uh, OE at 20. So I had a, just had a, I just had so many, like, deep runs and, like, just horrible, like, two hours, like, 100 people at a day tournament, like, to be one of the chip leaders. In the main event, I took one of the biggest coolers of my life to bust out. I literally had was like would have been chip leader with 160 something left. You know, I just like it was insane the hand. Like I had like second nut straight, straight flush redraw, where the guy had to have like the guy that won. I think his name was Griffin Bender. He got seven. He knocks me out. Uh, he had the nuts, and uh, it was crazy. It was like a hand. It was just like the sickest hand of my life. So I was real. I mean, I had a good run at the 2016, but I didn't make any like life changing money. I'd been working really hard in tournaments for a couple of years. So and I'd I'd played the Seminole tournament, and made the money a few times too. Their structure is really good. So they had the 10 million guarantee in late 2016, to where they had a uh, they they had an overlap, and uh, I think that yeah that was the one. So they were guaranteed a million for first. So after all those deep runs, I mean, I was still. I was like playing probably the best poker of my life. I was in the groove and I was just like, you know, maybe this will be the one. And, uh, that was the one. I mean, I basically, I, we, it was super, it was like obviously a 5k buying in Florida, and, uh, Fort Lauderdale, hard rock. 
super tough field. I mean, there's a lot of donkeys, but it was really hard at the end. I got all in like like with pocket nines. I'll never forget on six, seven, eight against Alex Fox, and I check raised all in. He had aces. I banked a nine on the river. I basically got lucky. I was all in ace queen suited against ace king. I mean, most people that go that deep for the thousand player field and five get lucky a lot. I mean, I I basically got like two hands to where I got ace queen suited all in against ace king off, and I rivered the nut flush blind versus blind. Like that was in day two or three also, and you know after that I was able I was lucky to get still still a lot of pots and. Um, make make a couple of good laydowns, and I was just I mean I was just firing on all cylinders. Thing finally came together, all the hard work finally paid off, and we ended up doing a chop, four way chop. I was in third in chips, and I got four hundred sixty thousand, and that was the biggest score of my lifetime. And uh, yeah, I was just so thankful to finally get, you know, I work I did put in a lot of work at poker. It finally paid off. I mean, I always made money. You know, I made a ton of money playing poker. I made millions playing poker online a lot, but. You know, in in one tournament, that was it was nice to win. Like that was a big feeling of accomplishment because you know, you know, you see people that just like show up and get lucky and win a tournament all the time. And you're like, damn, I've been trying for years. You know, and they, you know, I just can't get it done. You know, I'm making the right decisions, but you know, I went on a run where I lost like twelve all ins in a row in the money in tournaments or something in like a three year period. Now, it might have been main events. Like I just could never win a hand when I was all in. But uh. Yeah, 2016 it all paid off, and I was super happy. Everything was – that was my best moment of my poker career for sure. Good deal. Uh, I don't how know, was your like negotiation? I, I was going to ask, how was the negotiation chop. on the chop? Chip count? Well, we did a chip count chop. I think Coon got like a few extra dollars. It was something small. He got like 700-something thousand, but I found out after the fact that his best friend and like – and he mentored was like Scott Davies was at the table too. So I was like, you know, I mean, I, they were not like, I didn't ever think they would collude or anything, but it's still not, you know, they're both great players and they're not going to like, you know, it's just not, it just puts a bad dynamic in the game no matter what. But so I was, yeah. I mean, I was happy we chopped either way. They played it out. We played it out for TV. It came on Fox Sports a lot. But uh, yeah, they didn't really show me any of my good hands. I got lucky. I got, I got aces versus kings, and I was on the good side, and it held up the final table against Roman Ballerstein. He still got the chop, though. And then I made a good lay down against. Uh, I made a good lay down against what is his name? Really good player. I can't think of his name. He was an online champion. I think he got eighth or ninth. I basically checked folded queens C-Rock? on Jack Nine Deuce flop, and he got. Was it C Rock? Yeah, C Rock. Yep, yeah. Joe Sirock. Yep. Just rock. He had a uh, – it was funny. A queen and a nine were, were dealt out, so we both had like – he had a one-outer on the flop, and I just check-folded on a jack-nine-deuce flop. And he oh. had pocket nines. So that that was a pretty big spot for me. I just I just felt like uh, he raised under the gun, I three-bet right behind him. He had been playing like super tight and like – so when he calls a three bet, like every hand he's, he's been there, he could have like ace king with a nut flush draw, or ace queen. That's like the only hand. But I blocked the I had the queen in my hand, I believe. So he, I mean, he basically has to have like aces here, like a set. Like what else, what am I beating? You know, he's never calling my three bet with ace jack. I'm beating nothing. It really wasn't a hard hand to play when you poker. You know, when you put all the information in the calculator, it's really 
it looks like a good fall from people that don't know what they're doing or from looking from the outside in or just watching the one hand. But when you put all the variables that you've been, you know, been processing for days with these players in, it's an easy fold. I mean, he's a good player. He's not going to – he knows my range is, like, super tight there, ace-king plus. So he's not going to peel my three bet with, like, a big percentage of his chips in. Like, I mean, even, like, nines was pretty suspect there because – yeah, I mean, it could have came queen nine. I guess I would have got all the money, but uh, yeah, I avoided I avoided all the bad. I avoided a few bad beats and all ends. I got a big chip stack, and then uh, basically, and then coming in the final table, I was about middle of the pack. I believe. Good deal. So, what? Uh, I hope to top that one day. Hopefully this year. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> yeah, in, the in a event. couple of weeks. That's it. You want to yep. uh, talk a little bit about crypto and then. Uh, your thoughts and yeah i'll tell you what i made my you know everybody's made mistakes in investments 2016 i got on coinbase and i knew nothing but i knew bitcoin i was like playing poker online everybody's doing bitcoin so i was like all right so i go in there i put i just put like you know three thousand dollars in this little crypto that because it was the only other crypto on there I said, you know, I, t- I told all my friends this. I said, let's call Ethereum. You know, I don't know anything about it. Sounds like a good network, though. Seven dollars a coin. Put three thousand in. Of course, I get out at like sixty. Think I'm a genius. Made all this money. <laughs> Today, it'd be worth over a million. Wow. So that was my big crypto mistake. But uh, I've given out some good crypto. I got a good tip on Verge. Verge was like a little known crypto. It was like. It was crazy because when it, I put three grand in it, and it went from like, when it got to like twenty nine cents, because I got it for like a tenth of a or two tenths of a penny. I love crypto because you can buy something. You, know, you look at a crypto, you're like, oh my god, if this just gets to a penny, I'll be rich. You know, right. nothing's like it. And uh, with all the you know, hyperinflation and the government, if they pass the six hundred dollar law, I mean they're, they're so stupid. They're literally going to kill the American banking system and they're going to make, I mean, U.S. dollars already shot. I mean, we're going to just keep raising debt filling over and over and over again, keep spending money we don't have. The the fat in these bills that they're, this infrastructure bill, all the millions and billions that are wasted, all the stuff that they do to scratch the back of the people that pay, that pay them, they scam, that the politicians all get rich off of, that's the stuff we don't see. They'll say, oh, you don't want to, you know, give money for bridges and stuff, but no, we don't want to give $2 trillion to a Kenyan, like, jihadist school that because, you know, because you own an oil company, your son owns the oil shares in their country. That's what you don't see. So, I mean, our government's more corrupt than ever. I mean, they use, and they use COVID as every excuse to control the masses, and it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, we're just, we're going down a path of destruction. I don't know if we can make it through three more years of this president. I mean, this, but my money's in everything but the U.S. dollar. I mean, as soon as I make money at poker, it goes straight into crypto or straight into gold. I'm a big buyer of gold. I do some sports cards, too. But, I mean, like, at this rate of inflation, people say they save your money. You're not saving money. You're losing money every day. The more money they print, you're just losing money. So you got to put your money in something that outruns the inflation, and they say it's like 
I've heard five to eight percent now, but you go out here, look at the gas pumps, the store prices, groceries. I mean, lumber, building materials. I mean, it's insane. Stuff's up two, three hundred percent. Yeah, you're I mean, right. I don't, you know, we can't even get chips to build cars. I tried to go buy a new car. They said, "Yes, sir. These cars are ten thousand over the sticker." I said, "Sir, where's the door? See you later. I'll never pay over the sticker for a car." <laughs> you're right. I don't care what your excuse is. Yeah, you're right. Well, well yeah. is there is Hard there to any? Get a car. Hard to get a rental car. Are there any uh, any of those um, smaller coins that that you know Cardano? Some do you think there's any of them that you can actually get rich like that? Like would Ethereum? What happened to you? Yeah, I love Cardano right now. At Two dollars is a really good buy. I like Ethereum because it hasn't really surged. I think it's going to go to around ten thousand soon. Especially, it didn't really move with Bitcoin this last time. Right. I really, I make, I make, all, I try to make all my investments in a down market, and it's just hard to buy right now. But uh, I've got a couple. Let me look at my portfolio. You got some Shiba? My portfolio, real fast. You got some Shiba? I can give a couple. Shiba? I actually have Shiba. I got Shiba. Two people paid me two thousand dollars worth of debts, and it went up to like eight thousand dollars. The other night, drunk, my friend convinced me to put in eighty five hundred, and it was up to like twelve thousand. And I tried to sell it, and they were trying to charge me a thousand dollar fee on Crypto dot com to sell it. I was like, "Oh my goodness, y'all are like, this is just insane." So I'm I'm putting money into Polka Dot right now. It's because it's got a it's a it's a forty dollar coin. I should have got in sooner. I'm getting twelve point five percent interest rate on that, doing like a staking. Staking is basically where you loan them your crypto and they pay you a certain percentage. So I like the crypto.com, the actual coin itself as well. Uh, I'm recommending uh, D-Race. Have y'all heard about D-Race? No. It's a virtual, it's actually a virtual horse racing. It's literally like a whole ecosystem where you build your horses. NFTs are these is a new thing. Gaming, I'm into like gaming, like video games. So that, D-Race, I got a lot of money in. It's like $3 now. And the other one that touches on that that I'm into, what is this other coin? I'm into PlayDap is one I just got into. And Axie Infinity is, I saw this game right here. I looked at it. They sold 500 and something million dollars worth of stuff in a month. Like, like they're these little characters, like these little, I don't know what they are. And they sold a plot of land for $7 million. I said, a plot of land in a virtual reality? I said, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. People are this crazy over this game. It's worth me putting a little money into. I didn't get the money in at $66. I ended up having to put it in $120 a coin. But it's got a very low. Also, look at supply and demand. You know, you want to buy coins. These coins like Shiba that have 28 zillion coins, they just, you know, there's just no way that they can be worth like you know $10 a coin. So I try to get some low. I like to invest in coins like Axie Infinity that have like a low circulating supply and low finite supply. But, I mean, it is nice. Shiba is a nice little, it's kind of like a Dogecoin play. Start off as a joke. Yeah. I don't think it's going to have any, I don't think it has any underlying value. I think it's something you want to get in and out of because, you know, it's all hype. You're making money on hype. You're not making money on value. At the, like when I do well, stocks, I, I heard try that to buy coin companies is gonna... that are going to make money. Now I heard that coin is going to reduce. They, they got a, exactly. They got trillions of Shiba or whatever, but they're going to reduce. Yeah, they the got amount the burn. That they have. 
Yeah, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, they call it burn. Well, basically they have like certain dates and they just basically say, you know, like, you know, it's like lighting money on fire. Don't you wish our government would say that? Our money would all go up then. <laughs> if the federal government was like the treasury, it's like, okay, today we're going to burn a trillion dollars in money. That's what they should do. You know, our biggest mistake was when we, I mean, our banking system, our our currency has been going downhill since they removed the gold standard. You know, it's just, you know, it's gone downhill ever since then. You know, like, so the crypto burn, yeah, anytime you, if you have a right, like any crypto that has a decreasing supply and a rising demand is going to be like, it's like two great parameters. But when you have that many coins, like they've got to burn so many to make it. I'm not saying if Shiba gets a penny, I'd be so happy. I mean, we're like, we're not even close to that now. We're at like eight thousandths of a penny now, I think it is. I can't even do the math. Like it's, But it's crazy how something can go, you know, something go to hundredths of a penny from eight one thousandths of a penny, and you've just made, I mean, you could become a millionaire. They said one guy put $8,000 in Shiba. It's worth over like $8 billion or something. Crazy. They said yeah. that might be the best it, trade of all time. Y'all should Google that if y'all haven't seen it. And it's not. I saw that. It's it's not over a dollar, Shiba. No, Shiba's like not even like it's point zero 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 eight. So that is no. It might be one. It might be eight hundredths of a penny now because I think it is because it's four zeros. That would be eight hundredths of a penny, I believe. It was so, like thousands of a penny. Now it's eight. 800s, maybe lingering around 600s today. It went down 6.5. It went down a little bit. But, uh, so yeah, I've been moving it, my money out of stocks and in crypto. I am. So if it goes to $5 and you put in 100 <laughs> Well, right now, it can can't. probably have – I have millions in Shiba, millions of Shiba tokens. Yeah. I'm sure Tim's got, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions. But um, Yeah, I've got a few hundred yeah, million. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you go to a dollar, he's in great shape. <laughs> well, what's yeah, the problem is it can never, the supply is too big to ever get that high. Like, it would be, okay. I don't think you can even get to, like, to get to a penny would be like a miracle. Like, I don't, I mean, it could maybe get to a penny. But like <laughs> uh, Bill was That's saying, crazy. if they just keep burning, you know, they need to burn, burn, burn. You know, like, the supply is like insane in trillions. I mean, they got to burn like. They need to burn like 80% of it to, for it to get to like <laughs> ever think about in dollars. That's why Bitcoin is so good because it's got a 21 billion a finite supply. And right. they think five to seven million coins are like lost. So you're really looking like 15 million circulating supply. You know, that's when the demand is so much freaking higher than the supply and it just drives it up and up and up. Hyperinflation, everybody's you, scared of the government. Government yeah. fear, currency fear just drives it. Inflation just drives crypto. Are you in NFTs? Like, because the weird thing about NFTs for me is I remember when I first started getting into crypto years ago, that all the things people said to me are what I feel about NFTs. So I'm either just like not smart enough to get it, like maybe people were about uh, crypto years ago. Or to me, that's almost like the the cutoff line. I don't really get NFTs. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Can you yep. uh, enlighten me? Well, I'm, uh, you know, it stands for non, what is it, non-functional token, non-fungible token. Yeah. yeah, so that 
That's about all I know about it. All I know is this. I go to the marketplace. They're selling videos for like $3,500, like a two-second video. <laughs> and they're trying to auction stuff off. Um, I'm more of like I'm buying some crypto that, you know, that, ha- that like are associated with it. I think it's going to be the next big thing. People are going insane over it. To me, like, it's just scary because I don't understand it enough. I haven't got into it yet. I'm focusing more on regular crypto right now. But I think – but I have a friend – that put a friend of a friend that put thirty dollars in NFT one month ago. Thirty dollars the guy was broke. He tried to borrow money from my friend Jake Dollinger. He tried to borrow money. The guy said, No, you've never been successful, you know, at anything in your life. He would have given him a few hundred, you know. Thirty dollars is worth it was worth ninety six thousand dollars a month later. Thirty dollars. Can you imagine if you put three thousand dollars in that? You could just retire. Who knows what you need to retire these days though? It's not gonna be the US dollar, I can tell you that. By the time I retire, we retire, it might be the U.S. dollar, but I'm pretty sure, you know, our our dollar is going to be worth like a peso by then. So that's why I'm just like, I'm a big buyer. I still I like gold and silver at these levels too. They're just, it's just hard to put your money in gold and silver when it's so stagnant compared to everything else when you're like, well, I could just put it in crypto. So I think the crypto is holding back the gold and silver market because with this inflation, like commodities should be skyrocketing. Gold should be at five thousand right now. If you look at like like building materials and like groceries and everything, so I'm, I like so you, gold a lot. I collect a lot of gold coins now and silver bars and this and that. Good stuff. All right, man. Well, I think we're almost to an hour, so uh, we'll go ahead and uh, okay. wrap it up, Tim. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, going to want to have you back on. Uh, and, uh, you know, six months to a year, uh, always a fun, uh, time chatting with you and, uh, Bill and I will probably see you out there in uh, Vegas next week. Right, Bill? Okay, great. I'm hoping to pl- I'm playing at least two tournaments, the 10 KPL 08 and the main event. Normally I play anywhere from 20 to 35 tournaments a year. So this has kind of like been rough for me when I'm coaching baseball. So I wasn't able to leave or coaching the kids baseball and I'm just, we're like committed to like family life. I play a lot on the poker apps. I make more money than I could in the casino. So I really don't even play live at all. So hopefully I'll come back on and have a bracelet and a good story and a comeback story uh, next time we talk. And uh, I might stay and play a few more tournaments. It's really, I love the WSOP. That's the only thing I really like. You know, the only tournaments I really like get up for is like WSOP these days. But I want to, I want to join y'all in January and, uh, at the moon too. Good deal. So come man. Come on, man. We got the best deal in the world. Talk to me afterwards. Right, so I'll get you the, great work. the hookup. Well, yeah, for sure. It. You guys are doing great work. I like to support y'all, and thanks for having me come on. And as far as investing, I'll tell everybody the one advice. This is like the golden rule: don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, get some gold, get some crypto. Just get your money out of the U.S. dollar because it's tanking, and it might not be around when they give out another twenty-eight trillion in welfare and okay. money to terrorists. And, you know, we made Taliban great again. Now, you can't trust the government that gives the Taliban a country right. after what they did to our, our innocent Americans. You know, right. Don't trust the government. Don't turn off the TV. Do your own research. Definitely don't listen to CNN. They're a bunch yeah. of communists. Just do your own research. And... Uh, on your investments and your government and your politics, 
and I hope to be back on here soon. Yeah, I'm basically right. just uh, sticking to poker apps right now, but I'm going to come out of my retirement and hopefully get a bracelet. And Next time I talk to you, I'll mm -hmm. be celebrating. All right, man. Good luck well, to y'all for WSOP. Yeah. Y'all be safe on your flight. Thank you so much. All Find right, me. Uh, shoot me a message when you get there. Have a good one. Right. Take care. Right. Bye.